Hello and welcome to Line Noise. This is Ben Cardew and this is... Hey, this is Pao Bragberry. How are you today? I'm pretty good, thanks. I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited too. We had this uh, Detroit Part 2 show uh, the other day and we're going to this uh, Montreal artist uh, today, right? We are. This is Martin Bootyspoon. He's part of the Fractal Fantasy family. Fractal Fantasy is... It's not a label, it's a platform, they say. Um, a group of producers led by uh, Zora Jones and Sinjin Hawk. Um, they make wonderful music and it, oh, it's brilliantly tied up in these brilliant visuals. Uh, you a fan? I'm a fan. I mean, I know um, well, Sinjin and Zora were living here uh, in Barcelona. We're living in Barcelona for, for, for a long while now. And now they're traveling around. So, yeah, when they were here, I was more or less like following them and they are really into the you know the visual crafting um how they just you know they put up all the videos and stuff it's really avant-garde that's what everyone says but it, it's 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 that a martin booty spoon for me is like the sort of the mc in a way there's something we talk about in the interviews almost like the mc of the fractal fantasy family because he does a lot of the he does a lot of the vocals and in fact on the sinjin hawk album he's the only one that talks. Uh, that's a song we're going to listen to in a little bit. First, we'd like to play you. It's a collaboration. What is it? We're going to listen to this uh, Martin Spoon and Zora Jones collaboration called Don't. Don't, but do. Let's put it on. Why are you sweating me? Don't come and sweat me like this. Don't talk to me. Don't walk to me. To me, 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 Get it. 
authorization revoked. Access denied. That was Martin Booty Spoon and Zora Jones with Don't, which is taken from the Visceral Minds 2 compilation uh, of 2018, which I thoroughly recommend to anyone. Do you like it? It's cool. Love it. There's so many influences, you know, like a little bit of like Duke, footwork, techno, things we're talking about, all wrapped up in this sort of wonderful, uh, wonderful weird hole, basically. Yeah, and sort of like, um, it reminds me somehow of the, um, kind of like the, I mean, we should talk about this some other day, but the the voguing and the ballroom things, that way they go like, you know, totally offbeat, but it's really still really hard, and, and somehow there's some melodies there, and it's really kind of offbeat. Love it. Okay, we're going to listen to, I mentioned this is uh, Martin Bootspoon's, like the, the, the MC, the person who talks. He's the only voice on the St. John Hawk album, the only um, full vocal, we should say. And uh, we're going to listen to this track, The Prophecy of Martin Booty Spoon. Then we're going to uh, play the interview. So enjoy the interview. This is the prophecy of Martin Booty Spoon. For lust, reenacted for centuries, imagined for ages, a vision so smooth it could curve the sharpest of blades and steel. Aurora Borealis, written in the stars. Let's guide through the catacombs of your desire. Let's go into a commercial jet and push the emergency exit. Skydive! Skydive, Let's fall. No parachute. And we glide to our target destination. Bullseye! A majestic force equipped with the hottest of springs. I want to bathe you like Gatorade on a coach after a championship game. I want to roll into you like an armadillo. I want to lay flat on my stomach like a taxidermy rug. Let you do a handstand on the arches of my back. Doesn't matter if you break that shit. I'm going to go see a chiropractor anyway. You make a Buddhist man want to spend his whole salary on lottery tickets, buy a roller coaster, and run that shit off the tracks. You make a booty spoon want to unscrew a fire hydrant and take that water pressure up into my face. Because there's a heat wave. And through the haze, I see the vision. I see you and me. We're making it physically. I see it. Feminine essence. <laughs> 
Welcome to Radio Primavera Sounds, and we are here with Jason Voltaire, aka Martin Bootyspoon. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm soaking in Barcelona at its fullest, I think, this weekend. Yeah, you were telling an interesting story about ending up uh, skinny dipping. Skinny dipping in the Mediterranean, I think. It's, uh, it's, it's, I feel like that's natural gravitation towards what happens in, in, in Catalan land over here. So I was going to ask that um, you're here VJing as Jason Voltaire, um, and I, I was going to say like where where does that where does Jason Voltaire end and Martin Booty Spoon begins? But then I've just found out that Jason Voltaire isn't your real name either. No, Jason Voltaire is my real name. Oh. Actually, yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, I'm half Haitian, so my father just inherited this really crazy French last name, and Jason is my real first name. So. I, just, I got really lucky to have this very almost quintessentially Montreal name where it's like English-French name sandwiched together and somehow it works out. So, okay, so where does Jason Voltaire end and Martin Booty Spoon begin? Oh, man. Um, they're starting to kind of blur into each other, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like a an alter ego, I guess, of partying and, you know, hedonism. Etc. Etc. <laughs> Skinny dipping in the Mediterranean with two women, sort of, th- sort of thing. That's where that 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 line gets blurred, I guess. Was there like a particular piece of music that inspired you to become Martin Booty Spoon? Um, maybe DJ Assault Ass and Titties for real. Actually, I think that was like the gateway, the gateway drug song <laughs> towards becoming this kind of contemporary booty house producer or something. And uh, I think, yeah, definitely anything from like DJ Assault catalog or like database catalog for sure. And you talked about Booty House. I mean, I, I kind of see the music you do as like almost being post-genre. What, 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 but what, how would you call what you do? Oh man, it's, it's really hard to even go into it. Um, I would just call it contemporary ghetto house for lack of a better word because it always does form it, it, it is just like dance music but um, I'm just informed by so much shit like grime and you know like UK funky and shit and kind of drawing the links and the lines between like the genres that came before that and everything and it's just like maybe like a gumbo pastiche of all those things I don't, I, I don't even know what I would call it to be honest so your WEP as Martin Booty Spoon came out earlier this year, uh, Silk Eternity. Um, what track should we play off it and why? Uh, I mean, I guess probably Easy or Helicopter Dance or something from the, from the EP should be. Uh, those are two ones that are kind of like free from a lot of things that I've heard, I guess. They're, they kind of stand on their own. The other ones on the track, on the EP are kind of like they live in... They probably live closer to like a genre than the, the other ones, but those two I find are quite isolated. Let's put on Ease You then. Let's 
So that was Ease You by Martin Booty Spoon. Uh, it samples Rhythm of the Night, correct? That is correct. Yes. Good ear. Um, yes, Corona, Rhythm of the Night. Um, just an amazingly euphoric track that I love so much. Um, and it kind of just naturally found its way into the, um, that song. I, I think I, I remember making that song and just loving this acapella of Rhythm of the Night that I found. And I was just like stoked on it. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, I, I actually don't know why and how I gravitated towards it so strongly, but it worked out really well. It feels to me like you've made it even more euphoric. <laughs> then I feel like I've done my job, to be honest, because uh, the original Rhythm of the Night is the most like pure song ever. I think that vocalist went on to do like other work and stuff too, but um, she's amazing. I really love that song. I think she does that Summer is Magic song, if you recall. She it's like the summer is she sings I'm not gonna sing it now because it's gonna sound like garbage but she does that really euphoric Euro dance song the summer is magic and it's also equally really euphoric song it's really good. Are we gonna hear uh, a remix of that from you? I, I, in the summer, I was playing the acapella over some tracks like 
as like a blend and like a way to switch kind of vibes in the club and it went down really well i feel like people were ready for that so maybe i should bootleg or i think a song will come out soon as long as i don't get a, ce a cease and desist or something or like <laughs> publishing lawyers at my ass or something i don't know like I'm t i forgot how all that sampling stuff works but as long as they don't they're not listening right now or i don't get in trouble lawyers uh turn off right now yeah. or, or turn off five minutes ago if that's possible um you said that you made the uh ep on a sony vio with missing missing keys and a synth on my phone is that is that still what you use that is kind of still my creative process um i don't have a Sony. i still have that sony vibe i don't use it as much i have i now have like a a more robust kind of like gaming computer for vjing and 3d work and stuff like that but um yeah that was like i made that whole ep in like my parent like i not my mom's basement but like i was at my parents when i made that ep um and it kind of it's crazy to be here and talking about this because i've i think the whole ep came together maybe over the span from 2012 to about 2015 2016 and it was it, it kind of was like almost post sonar come down songs i guess because i'd always come back and make a track based on what I heard that summer. So like literally, if you wanted the chronological order of all the tracks, it was like from 2012 to 2015. And um, yeah, it was just like kind of everything that was like informing my mind and like just random club nights and stuff like that. And I kind of just built this EP around that, like kind of like a retrospective almost. There's a lot of humor in your work. Uh, where does that come from? Um, I guess I, I honestly I don't I just I, I I guess I was like a class clown in high, in high school and elementary school and stuff, but I was never like overtly disruptive student. But um, yeah, I just I I like I live love laugh like I love humor is definitely um, an important part of my life, and I mean all my friends share the same. We all have like really stupid sense of humor, so. Um, it definitely finds its way in my work and like just inside jokes for days, all that fun stuff, I guess. I, I mean, the Martin Booty Spoon persona in itself is kind of like the, 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 I guess the result of that because that was totally like, uh, Sinjin like taking me out to like university parties and me like hitting on his friends. Like, I think he was, he's like four years older than me or something. So I was kind of like not underage, but, like just starting to really go out and drink and just being like out the gate, like young kid and like having this like university, like uh, older guy showing me around and showing me some of like the parties in Montreal and stuff and wanting to fit in and all that fun shit. And through that kind of, I guess maybe through a couple of drinks became like this alter ego of, of, of I don't know, trying to woo people and shit. And that's kind of a part of where that persona came out. And we kind of took that. And the first Martin Boosman, like, appearance was on his first EP, which was, I think, The Lights in 2012. And that was, like, the first introduction to Martin Boosman and, like, The Wild before, like, the actual producing and the projects were starting. So you said uh, trying to woo people. What Martin Boosman track would you play if you were trying to woo someone? Maybe sp probably spread that cat, I guess. I think that's the one that I've gotten a lot of like 
unforeseen like praise for because it's kind of like a Steve Point Dexter like homage. And it was, I mean, it was equally an homage to Steve to get him to remix it as well. So I think that that's the one that's definitely, I've noticed people have been like really excited about. And I was kind of shocked to to get that reception. Should we listen to Spread That Cat, but the Steve Poindexter remix? Uh, no, it's just an original. See, the Steve Poindexter remix is, is pretty hard house. And it's one, it's definitely something I would invite anyone listening to this right now to explore. But, um... I think it, it is important to see the original one before going into the Hard House remix by Steve. Okay, let's spread that cat, the original. Uh-huh. 
So that was Spread That Cat. I don't know if anyone out there is feeling wooed, but that was uh, that, that that's the track of the EP, the, the wooing track, apparently. <laughs> um, I hear in, in your work some sort of parallels with Marie Davidson, who's also from, from Montreal. Um, is this like a sort of Montreal-type sense of humour? What do you think? Uh, I definitely Montreal has... Or French-Canadians definitely have like a sort of joie de vivre which is like translates to just like the joy of life and having sort of like a sense of humor so french canadians typically are very you know we have just for last festival and shit like we we do like to laugh and we do like humor so i think it definitely speaks to that also i think a good um point of um departure from that is that there's a lot of like comedy records in french canadian history and a lot yeah there's just like a lot of humor in quebec in general because it's just such a you know it's such a cold place in the winter that i feel like having a sense of humor is important to, to be living there um and it's so like yeah it's just it's it's really its own thing in itself there's a lot of like slapstick and tacky things that happen in in montreal and so i feel like in the the musical history of the city and even probably like back in the days of like disco and stuff a lot of the montreal disco records are very like humorous and um humorous and kind of like uh what's the word just like pointing fun at stuff and even like the things that were coming out during the punk and like post-punk around like Duran Duran and like New Order like Montreal was answering with these like synth pop groups that were kind of also doing like very Dadaist but like uh records that were kind of not to be taken too seriously and there was a lot of like humor in those so maybe just inherently someone like myself or Mary Davidson kind of just gravitated towards it but there is definitely like a parallel I've gotten multiple people reach out and be like it's crazy that you guys kind of put out a record in the same year and um obviously not being her not being her first record but for us to kind of put out these kind of comedy records if you will in the same year is is definitely like testament to something in the city's musical history and uh, spoken word history as well you obviously operate in sort of nightclub electronic music um a kind of world in which some people take themselves very seriously indeed um do, do do people ever really miss out on the humor? Um, well, meaning by what you would mean by that, as in people they don't get it. They're like oh. they they t- they think it's all kind of like very serious. I don't think so. I think I've made it really implicit uh, uh, in like really clear that it is about humor and stuff. Given like my Twitter and my Instagram is just like full of fun and games all the time. Mostly because, not because I'm trying to put on a show or something. It's just that, you know, I know funny, funny people and we like to have fun. And that's kind of, that's the crux of it, really. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think everyone's ever come up to me and been like, you're just like a militant, like club personality. And like, I, I honor you. I salute you. And like, I don't know, like I've never been taken too seriously, which is good. I, I, I wouldn't want people to be taking it in that seriously. You talked about Montreal music. Um, we're going to play something. Can you recommend us some example, a really good example of Montreal music? Honestly, um, fuck. Uh, Brand Brand 3000, Drinking in LA, is such a like quintessentially Montreal song. From everywhere, from like the heavy, 
French Canadian accent that people don't detect of the chorus vocal to just like the idea of just I recently I heard a rumor that the song was actually supposed to be drinking in Longueuil, which is a, a borough south of Montreal. And for some reason, the, the track got renamed to L.A. to maybe be more marketable or something. I'm not sure. But it told, I now resonate with the song harder knowing that it's like, what the hell am I doing? It's Sunday. And I'm like drinking in the suburbs of Montreal and like I need to get my life together sort of thing. <laughs> but this sort of like weirdly big band 1996 sounding track is like it's just it reminds me of the street I live on in Montreal. It's just like every it's just, it's just like the, there's certain parts of Montreal that look like they've been you you walk through like a time machine and they just never changed. It's just so quintessentially mid 90s Montreal looking that. I feel like any other Montrealer or native Montrealer is so conditioned to and knows about that. I feel like that song just brings that element out really well. Right, we'll play it. Brand Van 3000, Drinking in LA. Hi, my name is Stereo Mike. Yeah, we got three tickets to the Brand Van concert happening this Monday night at the Pacific Palisades. Well, you can all allow in if you uh, want to answer a couple of questions, uh, mainly what is Todd's favorite cheese. Uh, Jackie just called up and said it was a form of rock for. Let's see about that. Give us a ring ding ding. It's a beautiful day. This is liquid, ring a ding a ding and I want those three brand band tickets, man. What do you think? Time. I woke up again this morning with the sun in my eyes. When Mike came over with a script surprise. A mafioso story with a twist. A two-wall fool, Julie Newmar, here to get your ass out of bed. He said, I'll explain it on the way.
one of my favourite songs off the EP, I think one of the funniest ones is, is The Grid. Tell, tell us a bit about the lyrics on The Grid. Um, yeah, The Grid was kind of like, as I was saying about uh, Sinjin Hawk kind of taking me and to like parties and stuff and making me like, uh, not making me, but like I was like, you know, drunk and hitting on, on people at these parties and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, that song is kind of like, a contemporary version of that, like a like a technologically elevated version of that. Um, it mixes some of that, and it's kind of like weirdly, you know. It could I could see someone. I don't know if this exists right now, but like people in the '90s who are really obsessed with like cyber theory, cyborg theory, and stuff. Maybe they would have an affinity with this track because it's kind of like the like almost like hitting on someone in the VR world or something. It's very like post, uh, it's like almost like a post-humanist record, to be honest. It's, it's, it's a strange one. Um, there was a lot of wine involved in recording the vocals for that. Um, I don't know what else to say, but it's just, it is what it is. It's, it's like a, an ode to the Instagram flirting era that we live in right now, I guess. Right, let's have some Instagram flirting. Uh, it's The Grid. to the grid. Take it to the data lines. my Instagram, your data plan overflowing with joy. Sliding your DMs, I'm first place. No 
spending all that bandwidth on, girl. What you downloading? You were here, um, not as Martin Boucherspoon, but as Jason Voltaire doing some VJing um, for Avalon Emerson. Um, tell us a bit about about VJing. How do you get into it? What's your kind of signature? Um, again, I guess humor doesn't really leave my creative palette. And so a lot of my VJing is kind of like of the moment funny shit, I guess. But like also I do take an artistic approach to it or like a, a very... Um, signature take on it and i kind of i do have like a technical skill set of like 3d design and animation and stuff but for the most part if you want to get to the crux of how quintessentially unique my vjing is it's definitely the the hallmark of my vjing is um usually involves humor or like something of the sort but yeah um i started out because sinjin hawk and i were throwing nights in montreal called boom clap at this very ratty club called blue dog a uh, very narrow, like 100 ca- capacity, 120 capacity venue in Montreal, which is still active today, but it just hasn't been that popping as of late. But um, yeah, I cut my teeth VJing over there. Um, I was kind of, it was very like a rave setup where I was like right beside the, the DJs when I was VJing because we had no other place to do that and um, had like a shitty projector in the corner and stuff and made it work. <laughs> but from there, I kind of got recognized and like, a lot of other crews in Montreal were kind of like hiring me in to VJ their parties and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I got noticed more locally. And then um, I then became friends with Jacques Green maybe like 2012 or something. And by 2013, he was kind of like, yeah, I'm going on tour and I'm looking to like kind of up the ante of my DJ sets and stuff and would like to have some live visuals in the mix. So from there, I kind of started getting into it and traveling with him and I still do to this day um, travel with him for gigs and stuff. And it's always really fun because uh, Jacques Green's definitely like um, someone I look up to in terms of DJing. He always comes correct with his records and always keeps it fresh and is a very inspiring uh, creative individual as well. So it's always been like a good process to tour and to tour as a VJ as well as DJing as well. You're part of the Fractal Fantasy family. Um You've talked a little bit about how that came about. You start off going to clubs with St. John Hawk, basically. Yeah, so um, I think Fractal Fantasy kind of started when St. John and Zora were making music and they just wanted to kind of 
you know, be the masters of their craft and just put it out the masters of their domain, domain, I should say, and just put it out on their own. Um, and that started maybe, I think, 2013, 14. They started rolling out records. Um, and they always had plans to have my music out. It's just that we wanted to wait for the right time. And I think what we, I, and I was, which, which I was really okay with because I was finishing university and didn't really want to kick off a music career until I was really hot and ready to be done university and just like kind of not have too much um, holding me down to kind of tour stuff. Um, but yeah, that started and they kind of came out the gate with their music and their creative image and stuff. And I feel like they really did a good job of just like honing in on what makes them unique and building a fan base and all that stuff. What is it that makes them unique and what kind of unites Fractal Fantasy? I think they kind of rode the wave of being kind of, as you said, like you were saying, listening to my music, it was like post-genre, I guess. I think they really embraced that even before that was a concept, to be honest. Like they really, um, I was also talking about this the other day about with my boss, uh, Lucky Me, um, about just how K Tronada is like all these genres himself, but as a as like a brand, it's like you're not going to a K Tronada show for, to hear rap music or to hear house music. You're going to K Tronada show for K Tronada. So like, kind of embodying this brand is the genre sort of thing. And there definitely were like previous labels that were doing a sort of thing, but I think now we're in this stage in the game where, you know, Mary Davidson makes EBM music kind of for lack of a better word. It definitely is a lot of other things as well. And I think like, for example, she has a pop record on that, on her album that is like could totally play on like mainstream radio or something. It's radio friendly. But it's a Mary Davidson track, and it's very Mary Davidson, and that's like the genre, really. It's you're kind of, uh, it, so that to on a long-winded note, like I think that's just how they've defined and made their label unique is that they just release these kind of like post-genre releases where the music is genre-based by the artist and not the other way around. You almost feel like as a sort of master of ceremonies of of that fam of that family of that group. Is that a fair enough description? Um, how how so? Or what would you elaborate a little bit on that term? Well, in that you're the person, like on Sinjin's album, you you were the only voice on it saying things. Uh, a lot of their music is instrumental or or has fragments of voices whereas you've got a full information it feels like you're the kind of person bring them all together you know and you're almost like explaining what it is they do a bit yeah i mean sinjin has always been a really big fan of like my voice or like my crazy antics and shit so he kind of i'm kind of like yeah the seance leader of the records and he saw that he really saw that really early in me and was so pushing for me to do a record like i did i released um, and he helped me engineer the vocals and stuff as well. So, but, um, yeah, he definitely sees me as this kind of like club priest, I guess. <laughs> and it's an interesting, uh, role to take, but it's definitely one that I think people really like me for. And that is kind of, I guess you were right, you were right to say that, that I am this kind of like club, uh, ringleader, I guess. I tell you what, Club Priest was a far better description than, than what I came up with. Club Priest. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot horrendously. We're going to, we're going to, uh, sorry. So, we're going to play out with one song from the Fractal Fantasy World. Yes. 
could be one of yours. Doesn't yeah. have to be. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to play and why? What are we going to play and why? Okay. Um, something I really like from the Fractal Fantasy catalog, um, this track that Sinjin has on his album called By Any Means. It's just this kind of like hyper, almost melancholic melody. Kind of makes me think I'm listening to like a Smashing Pumpkin song or something. It has this crazy melody that you would think if you, I guess if you knew Sinjin on the outside, you would think he's not capable of producing. But if you if you've known him, I've known maybe I've I've definitely known Alan for ten years now, and it's uh, such a crazy construction of just like manic percussion and all this shit, but this underlying really emotional moving melody of some sort and i think it's maybe one of the my favorite pieces of his to date so i think we'll play that one by any means sinjin hawk and martin jason thank you very much for coming along thank you so much the wise words from the wise wise words from a wise person it was not he's a, he's a lovely man as well i met up with him uh, and we we had brunch um and i was going to do the interview outside but it's so cold but he came back to my to my house and having the martin booty spoon in my house it was quite something i missed it ben and i want to be there next time 
We've got to do some interviews. We should. We should. We really should. Okay. Anyway, that's us for for uh, episode eight. We'll be back in two weeks. We're formulating plans. We'll be preparing more and more stuff. We got loads of stuff to to play, uh, like uh, piano pellas maybe, or the the ha thing, the ha phenomena. I think we should keep them guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. All right. Catch you next time. You're listening, You're listening to, to Radio Primavera Sound. R.P.S.